Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. It is going to be week eight for football and week two for basketball. Just a reminder, starting this episode, we will be doing a segment now on the Last Dance Fantasy Basketball League. And we'll also be doing our normal gulag. We'll be talking about For the Throne trades and waivers that happen. Um and then also previewing this week's matchups as well as talking about last week's matchups. So, have you come down yet from the last night's dramatics, Justin? Uh, I don't think I have. It really, really sucks that Tunyon's out for the year. But the everything else in that game was just crazy. Um, it's was really hard to go to bed last night. I ended up staying up later and watching interviews and stuff like that. It was, that was awesome. Uh, there's no other word to describe it. I, I don't know what happened in that last play. I wish we could have gotten AJ green um, on the record, but yeah, that was, that was, that was quite a game. I also saw Kylan Hill's going to miss the year. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, he was a, a good promising looking rookie. But he wasn't getting much playing time um, as the RB3 behind Dylan and Jones. Um, and, but he was the kick returner and the punt returner. So they'll have to find someone else for that role. Oh, there are no longer any NFL teams that are undefeated after the Packers defeated the Cardinals last night. Let's get started by talking about some Gulag waivers. I'm the Lord of the Veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. So, through the moon door last week, went Sam. Psych. It didn't go Sam. How shocked was Sam that she did not get eliminated? He definitely thought it was over Sunday night into Monday morning and then didn't really look too much Monday night until I told her that she had a chance. And then she was already laying in bed by the time it was over, but she was very excited. (laughs) That was very, very close. And she did not start a defense. I think for the defenses that were available, like five or six of them went positive and scored points. 
She's in the other room and said she still didn't want to risk it. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. Instead, out the moon door went Nicole, who started Kareem Hunt, inactive on the Thursday. So he was off to a terrible start. And then also Will. A lot went wrong for Will. If I kind of pull up um, Will's stats, because I was like lined up for him or whatever. Uh, AJ Dillon scoring negative 0.2, and then Donovan Peoples Jones being ruled inactive literally 30 seconds into the game. Um, definitely was hurtful for him. And then, oh, can't forget about the negative 10 points he got from his Jets defense. Yeah, that'll, that'll do you in pretty easily in Gulag. There were some important bids to talk about. So, starting it off, we had Sturk Daddy. He dropped $300 on Antonio Gibson, who has been rather inefficient recently. So, I was kind of uh, interested in that transaction uh, because he has not been the greatest. Um, he has also been injured, and I know J.D. McKissick has been pretty involved as well. Um, the second bid was myself. I bid $219 on Deontay Johnson, the PPR wide receiver for the Steelers. Um, and I spent a little bit too much on that one as well. The third transaction was Vince. He dropped $145 on Darren Waller, who is on buy. So that's a long-term investment. And he's assuming that he will be here after this week. And he also bid $138 over the next highest bid. <laughs> Wait, so the next <laughs> highest bid was $3? 7 Oh. Interesting. People bid 7 and he bid 145 Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> looking at 141 Okay. Next, next bid was $141 on Debo Samuel, and that was picked up by Buxton21. 141, and that was an overbid as well. The next bid was Major Used, who put $106 down on Kelvin Ridley. I kind of wanted to pull up these transactions just to see how much of an overbid they were. Uh, that one wasn't too bad. Uh, the next closest, well, you, it, he was, Bucks in 2021 had an overbid with 141, wasn't able to do it because he had too many people on his roster. Major use gets him with 106. The next closest is you at 79. So only about $27 extra. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. And then the next bit bid was Kyler Murray, who had an absolute dud last night, nine points versus the Packers. And Kyler went for $102. And he beat M. Novak by $1. And he beat Sturt Daddy by $2. Very close bid on that one. That was that was a fun bidding war there. The next one was again Buxton twenty one. He won Adam Thielen for fifty one dollars, and the next bid because uh, of the fact that I uh, I dropped the player that was conditionally going to be dropped if I had got him. Uh, the next bid was zero dollars, so he could have literally bid one dollar and won Adam Thielen. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Even to get him at fifty dollars is pretty cheap, and then also Slap Nuts got Rob Gronkowski for fifty one dollars. The next closest bid was two dollars by Billy. Anything that sticks out in those? Gronk might not even play yet either. I don't think. 
It's still questionable for Sunday. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and then you got Bill's defense for 39. You only outbid Sam by about eight. Yeah, so I've been the last three weeks, I've bid a lot on defenses. This one, I was actually very, very happy that I was able to land them. If you look at their next three games, they play the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Jets. Yeah. That's about $13 a week on those matchups. And then you'd assume there's going to be, if I would get to that point, there'll be more good matchup defenses available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that next one that was like a double-digit bid was Sam's bid for Jared Cook and only out, only outbid Ryan by about six bucks. Everyone else is just small bids or very, very, very cheap zero-dollar ones. Mm-hmm. Quite this week. Yeah, I did see that another one was Dak got dropped. And then the very next day he got picked up for $20. And it sounds like he's pretty much doubtful for Sunday's game against the Vikings. Yeah, as Stark picked him up. Well, does he have a QB? Well, Stark this week. Yeah, Stirk's got Dak, and he's got no one in the backups. So if you look at who's available at quarterback, you got Jameis, Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, Tua. Not the best options. No, and he dropped Sam Darnold for Prescott. It's Prescott's quite a bit of an investment mm. for that cheap. I definitely understand the logic there, but it looks like he'll be needing to stash him for a week or two. Yeah, he definitely will be. And that's the Gulag. So we now are down to 18 teams. So we're down to 18 teams. Next week, we will have the top 50% uh, after we see two other eliminations. How's your brother feeling about this week? Have you talked to him about it? Looks like he's starting Philip Lindsay. Um, He's started Philip Lindsay most of the year so far, so that's not much of a surprise. Mm. I haven't talked to him about it yet. He's coming over tonight. I'm sure he'll tell me about how he thinks he's going to be eliminated, and I'm sure he'll find a way to hang on by the skin of his teeth. I think he's probably one of the lowest scorers each week, but he stays alive, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I'm looking right here. He's got, he had 8.6 from Hopkins last night and 7.9 from Tunyon last night. So He also has Blankenship on his bench, who's on the IR. That's an interesting stash. Uh yeah, um when I you know how much I love Blankenship, um Trevor has the same feelings, so I think that's why he's stashing him right now. Uh but yeah, he's gonna need to go drop him and go find something to help his team out. Especially since he doesn't have a defense at the moment either. <laughs> oh, he does pick up the Browns, but the Browns are playing the Steelers. I think there's better options than that, maybe. Oh yeah, he just didn't put him in the starting lineup, but I, I think there probably is, but Big Ben is ancient, so we'll see. So let's go back to the For the Throne League, and we're going to talk a bit about a trade that happened. Of course, it was me. And Jake and I went the old-fashioned route. We did about a 45-minute to 50-minute phone call, and we started discussing the terms. Basically, I was telling him, you know, if I look at the top teams in our league, you're really the only one that doesn't have a locked quarterback. 
And when you look at the name Jalen Hurts, you don't think of him being one of the top tier guys right now. But the reality is he is currently the quarterback two on the season. <clears throat> I saw, I heard this interesting statistic from the fantasy footballers. And they said that if you look at like his average points per quarter for fantasy, it was like four points for the first quarter, five points for the second, four points for the third, and then it jumps up to like 10 to 12 in the fourth quarter. The Eagles are very bad, and they're continuously playing from behind. And what you're seeing a lot is Jalen Hurts doing what he does best, and that's running to get first downs and continue to pick up yardage. But the reality is he, again, is the quarterback two right now. And Jake was rolling out Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, just not appealing options at the quarterback. And he said he was interested in Jalen Hurts, so we ended up making a trade. And I landed Jameis Winston, Marlon Mack, who he said he had no interest in holding anymore. He also said to help my need for youth, he would throw in Darius Slayton. So I currently have him. And then also I got your first-round pick. He really wanted to give away his instead of yours. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to if you look at how many points he's scored um, and, you know, what place he's currently in, we can kind of predict and anything can happen. But we kind of predicted that he would finish above you in the standings, which would ultimately probably make his pick be uh, a little bit later than yours. So that's kind of why I wanted his, his or your first. Um, and then also he ends up walking away with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Green. Um, I kind of threw that in there because he, he's been solid, except for last night, the last play of the game. Uh, I gave him my 2023 fourth and then, uh, sorry, your 2023 fourth and then my 2024 third. What did you think of the trade? Well, that was very interesting. Um, I didn't. I knew that uh, Jalen Hurts was having a great year. I did not realize that. He, I just looked it up again. He's quarterback three uh, in our league this year, which is crazy to me. Um, so who are the top? Guess, two, who are the top two besides him? Do you know? I'm assuming Kyler's one of those. Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just kind of take a peek here. Kyler's yeah, number one. Kyler Allen's probably two. Oh, Tom Brady's number two. Josh, Josh Allen is number seven. Eight. Oh. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm looking at Gulag. That would probably be why. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom has been number one, though, because he has been absolutely spectacular this year. Yeah, you're right. So uh, I continue to add on first-round picks, and my team continues to get worse. Now, with the Jalen Hurts thing, uh, I was starting him, but um, now I have Tannehill. And Tannehill I, I don't think I can trade quarterbacks anymore. I got Tannehill and I got Jameis. And I got Mike White, the Jets' starting quarterback. If I was truly Ooh. trying to intentionally tank, I would definitely start Mike White this week, but I am not doing that. Yeah, and... If he gets positive points this week, that'll be interesting. I don't see him getting more than, I guess I should say double-digit points because it's pretty hard to get negative points as a QB. Um, unless you're Kendall Hinton. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to get a double digits for for you with Mike White. But I thought it was crazy that Jalen Hurts was that highly ranked and has had that great of a season. I guess I haven't been following the Philadelphia Eagles season very closely. But I think it's pretty great value. And I think you have five first-round picks now. And Jake has got his QB to go uh, compete with uh, Sterk and um, Andy and all their top teams that are kind of stuck in the pack right now. And with him giving away your first round pick, he still has his own. So he still has the ability to draft someone uh, in this upcoming draft. Um, what was I going to say here? But yeah, so yeah, let's I think that, that trade last year that I made to get two firsts, and I got Terrace Marshall and Trey Sermon. Right now, both of those guys don't look like having, they're having great years, and they're only rookies and they're both young. But I think I'd rather have a uh, 2022 first than both of them combined. Mm-hmm. So the only waiver of note was Tommy Sweeney, who went for $11 to Cascade Bear. So he handcuffs his tight end, which is Dawson Knox, who he has, correct? He does, but Dawson Knox also has a broken uh, hand. So he's just assuming Josh Allen's going to target the tight ends. Yeah, yeah, that is the case. And then a lot of the IDPs, kickers, really went in the waivers. But no one of key importance in this waiver period. Foster Moreau by Little Slads, okay. Um, Waller might be back after the buy, so that might be a quick drop. Yeah, but for a free, free ad, not bad. I mean, he tied Andy, but since he's the worst team right now, he ends up walking away with Boston Bureau. Are you ready for your favorite segment? I am. All right. I'm hungry. Let's do some cookies for football and basketball. Cookie! Um, nom, 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 nom. Oh, nom, 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 nom. All right. Let's hear it. What do you got for us this week? So this was actually a really bad week for cookies. It was the second worst of the year. Uh, We only ended up with 337.04 points. And we'll run through them. Although I will say, Ryan this week with four cookies. Jesus. And Andy with three. Hmm. They dominated um, cookies this week. So, for lefty, he has a top QB, Tua's first cookie of the year, with 34.54 points in that comeback loss to the Falcons. Ryan had the RB1 this week with Alvin Kamara, 33.9. Andy had the RB2 with DeAndre Swift, 28.5 points. Andy had wide receiver one, breakfast buddy, Cooper Cup, top fantasy receiver this year, 37.6. Ryan had Jamar Chase with 34.1 and that insane touchdown catch against the Ravens. Mm. Then Ryan had the tight end one, Kyle Pitts, with 23.3. So a great showing from Ryan's two first-rounders in this past year. Another rookie, Damian Harris for Little Slads with 25.3 points as a top flex guy. Or second flex guy. Uh, The top flex guy went to A.J. Brown. Uh, for Randy with 27.3. You just told me he's not a rookie. You are correct. I was assuming it was Najee Harris. 
<laughs> Yikes. Um, but yeah, AJ Brown had gave Randy his first non Darius Leonard cookie of the year with 27.3. Then, interestingly enough, you had the top kicker with Graham Gano, 15, who earned a cookie and then was immediately cut. Um, Rashawn Gary for Spaceballs had 21 points for the cookie. At the linebacker spot, Demario Davis was blowing up the Seahawks' backfield when Andy got 23 and a half out of him. Dirk had J.C. Jackson be the top defensive back this past week with only 12 and a half points. And then Ryan had the top IDP flex uh, with Devondre Campbell with 20 and a half points. So we had 337.04, which is our second lowest total and only beat out week one by about a point. Yeah. We go over to the player cookies. Josh Allen continues to be the only quarterback with two. Um, Kyler, Tom Brady, Mahomes, Lamar, and now Tua have one. For running backs, Derek Henry for Little Slads has three. McCaffrey has two for D Slads, and Austin Eckler has two and is questionable this week for Stirk. Uh For wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Breakfast Buddy, uh, continues to lead the pack. Collecting another one this week, he has four. No other receiver has four or three. Uh, in a six-way tie for second with two cookies, we have Tyreek Hill, Debo, Scary Terry, best receiver in the league, uh, Broken Flower Pot, and I don't remember what his nickname is for Adam Thielen. Uh, tight ends, every single tight end in here only has one. Yeah. Kickers, same thing. Defensive line, same thing. Linebackers, TJ Watt um, for Stark Daddy has three. Roquan Smith for Danny has two. And Darius Leonard for Randy has two. The defensive backs, Kevin Byard for Little Slads has two. And Trayvon Diggs has two for Spaceballs. If we look at the team total then, Stark continues to lead the pack with 15 team cookies. Uh, team Pollock is in second with 12. Then we have a three-way tie for third with D. Sladkey, Little Slads, and Team Palmer, who doubled his cookie total uh, for the season this, just this past week alone. Uh, backflips for Tua. Very well put as he, Tua gets his first cookie with seven. Outdoor furnishings. CISA 5 sucks. And Spaceballs, the FFT, have six. Rockies and All Elite Fantasy have four. And Amelia Clark fan continues to be the bottom with only three cookies. At least he got one from someone not named Darius Leonard this week. Mm -hmm. well, not a good week for our cookies. Moving on to our very first, the last dance cookies. So what we are going to do here is we are going to optimize, usually our starting lineup is 15 people, but there are so many basketball players that we start and they all have like two or three positions of eligibility. So what Justin and I discussed and ended up deciding is we're gonna optimize the best point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center, along with three utility players. Now, based on their eligibility, they could fall into any of these categories based on their score. So to begin with, we have our point guard, 
And the, the point guard with the cookie goes to Ja Morant. He is getting 57.75. That is Jake. And Ja Morant plays for the Grizzlies. For shooting guard, we have a guy you traded for this offseason. Or was that on draft day? I don't remember. I think it was draft day. Spencer Dinwiddie with 53.75 for the Wizards. That's your first cookie of the year. Second cookie of the year and the week for you goes to Paul George, the small forward. Playoff P with 64 points on the, oh God, what team is he on? Oh, Clippers. I almost forgot. With 64 <laughs> points, he was the second highest scorer of the week. Next, we have Will getting a cookie with Nikola Jokic on the Denver Nuggets with 60.75 points. Now, to explain this, if you are unfamiliar with how sleeper basketball works, you get to pick a player, and we kind of explained this last week, but just to remind you, you pick one game for each player, and then you get fantasy points based off of that. You get points for making threes, points, rebounds, steals, blocks, etc. The fifth player is a starting center for us for cookies is Miles Turner. And that is my player. He was the player of the week with 66 fantasy points. He absolutely went off. He had 40 points. And I was watching that game live. He could not stop miss it, making threes. Our first utility player is a cookie for Tyler, Jonas Valanciunas, with 52.75 points. I believe he is on the Grizzlies. I thought he got traded, though. I wonder if he was part of that Stephen Adams trade. Let me see. He's on the Pelicans now. He's on now. the Pelicans, yep. He's on the Pelicans now. He was part of the Stephen Adams trade. 52.75 to Tyler. And the second utility, LeBron James for the Lakers with 55.5. And guess what? It's a common theme. Third cookie of the week for Justin. And finally, the last utility goes to Steph Curry. With Eric, 53.25 in the Golden State Warriors. So if we look at the totals for the season, retirement benefit fraud is three cookies. And then a five-way tie for second is legalized Kemp, Sprite plus lemonade, no ice, indoor furnishings, BP for the gold, and Bill Walton smells colors. The people that still need to pick up a, a cookie would include C's Get Trophies and Young Guns. So Ryan and Andy taking up the caboose. Obviously, this is week one, so there's really no cookie team scores to compare this to. But 463.75 is the score to beat moving forward. We had some really high scores. Yeah, it was a great first week of uh, Dynasty basketball. My team destroyed, which was great to see. And I'm looking forward to the season. And we are actually playing each other this week in basketball. Uh, we're both 1-0. and um, And right now the projections are saying you're going to beat me by 14 points. I currently have 363, and I only have two starts left. You have seven starts left. Including LeBron and Damian Lillard. So uh, I'm feeling, feeling all right about this. Um, I mean, originally you were supposed to beat me by 13, and I took a huge lead. Now I only have a small lead. Projections are all over the place, but we'll see what happens by the end of the weekend. 
I had absolute duds from Miles Turner. So he scores me 66 in week one, and then the game I start him against the Bucks when they have no big men, he only scores me 9.7 points. Terrible. And then I got 11 from Jaron Jackson Jr. and 9.5 from Bledsoe, who scored 30 straight for three straight games. Just bad. Uh, but it looks like, yeah, right now, based on who you're starting, your starts left are Duncan Robinson, Kevin Love, Joe Harris, Michael Porter Jr. Is that Jeremy Grant? Yeah. Jeremy Grant, yep. Pistons, uh, Lillard, and LeBron. So right now you are trailing me by about 127 points. You need to make that up um, with your five-player advantage to go and start the season at 2-0. And Derrick Rose will be plastered to the bench following this despicable <laughs> performance of only 14 points this week. Oh, it's yeah. not. But at least the Knicks are playing well. True. There's some really random teams that are playing really good basketball, like the Hornets and the Knicks, the Grizzlies, or the, the Timberwolves, the Kings. It's early. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at our actual For the Throne last week. I'm going to do last week's scores. And then, of course, Justin is going to wrap it up by talking about Week 8 preview. Um, any NFL stories of note that you wanted to make make a comment about or just get right into the, the review and preview? Unfortunately, J.J. Watt is now out for what should be the rest of the year. Um, I liked... I liked the comment that he made a few weeks ago. Uh, they keep making excuses, but maybe we're just fucking better. Uh, Preston Smith, the Packers, then used it against him last night. Thought that was pretty great. Mm. Um, this past weekend of football, though, was not great overall. Falcons-Dolphins were the best game, and that's that's very sad. <laughs> you think this is the end of the career for J.J. Watt? I don't think so. I think he was very, very effective this year as long as he recovers from the injury okay. Um, he was having a really, really good year. So I, I don't think it's the end yet. Oh. Oh, also, what about the Scorigami in the Texans Cardinals game? That's sure something. I, I think it's just kind of funny about how uh, Jake loves it so much. There's a few other people in the media that I've seen on Twitter <laughs> going crazy when the Scorigami's hit. <laughs> did you hear the did you hear the part of my take episode where they were talking about baseball score gummies? Yes. <laughs> and it was like 25-21 or something like that. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's never gonna happen. I think 18-14 was like the first one that was gonna be available or something like that. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And so one hell of a game. Let's take a look back at week seven. So in week seven, the first matchup was between myself and Stirk Daddy. And I ended up losing this matchup 129.8 to 154.9. I moved to one and six, and Stirk Daddy continued his dominant streak. He's now 7-0. He's guaranteed a 500 season. In his swan song for me, I had Jalen Hurts, John Moxley for 27.5. Um... Oh, my God. The next decent game was Michael Pittman Jr. with, a.k.a. Ray Phoenix with 20 and a half. 
And then Evil Uno gets the cookie at kicker of 15. My IDPs were horrendous this week. Do you remember that one week where I had all my IDPs had 15 or more? Mm-hmm. I had a guy score eight, five, three, and a half of a point. Yikes. On Stark's side, he had 21.4 from Matt Ryan, 17.7 from I Can See for Miles A. 15 miles from the, and miles. Yeah, miles and miles. 15 from the cabin in the woods, 15.54, so I'm assuming he threw a pass from Dante Pettis, no nickname, and then 12 from Nick Folt. In his IDPs, he had two with double digits. In the second matchup, we had a game between the last backflip and Team Little Slads. It was a barn burner. And the last backflip won 175.5 to 170.6, a mere five-point victory. On the last backflip side, it's all due to Tua Tungavailoa, the Kong Vault, with 34.5, followed by Back Pike with 24.8, and Back 914.1 in his first game as a member of the last backflip. Flyaway continued his dominance with 16.3. Kaboom had 16. The two-step wall flip got 17 before he did his own research and got COVID. And then also back triple full with 14.1. Don't forget about double layout. The defensive lineman was 16 and a half. On little slat side, he had 32.4 from Tom Brady, 18.4 from Get Out the Way, and 15.8 from Josh Jacobs. What a performance by Scary Terry with 25.2. And then in the flex, stop talking, stop taking my TDs C. 25.3. Khalil Mack with a terrible performance for him. He had one point, and his IDPs were just about as good as mine. After this matchup, Little Slads moves to three and four and out of the playoff picture. Last backflip moves to two and five and up from the 12 seed to the 11. In the next matchup, we had D Sladkey versus 200M All. Congratulations to Randy on his RuneScape achievement. Randy wins this match of 143.8 to 117.9, so about a 26-point victory for Randy, who moves to 4-3 and three and in the 4 spot, and D-Slads is 3-4 and four and in the 10 slot. Oh, boy. He needs to win this week. Well, it started with a terrible performance by Patrick Mahomes with 7.7, and then bad performances by... All his wide receivers and his running back, terrible. Kelsey scored 13.5, and then Devontae Booker with 14.6. Devontae Booker was his highest-scoring player this week. Yikes. Abella's Dangerous Man had 13, and then Jonathan Abram with 10. On Randy's side, oh my. You know it's a bad performance when you get blown up by 26 points, and you get blown up by Geno Smith starting at quarterback for Randy. Not to mention, his right running back one for the week, Ty Johnson from the Jets. How about Antonio Brown? Oh, just kidding, A.J. Brown, 27.3 to get a cookie. And 31.6 from Mike Evans, beast mode. Dallas Goddard had 12. Look at his IDPs. He had one of double digits. The next matchup, we had Cascade Bear, a.k.a. Outdoor Furnishings, Versus Team Andy Pollock. 
Well, Team Andy Pollock won this matchup 203.7 to 158.8. Andy moved to 5-2, and two, grabbing that two-seed right now, and Cascade Bear moves back one spot to 4-3 and three, to the three-spot. Cascade Bear, he had 23 points from Bricks. He had 13.6 from Hummingbird Feeder and 21 from I Like This Guy. How about 19.5 from Gas Grill and then 15.5 from Shack Burger? Two pretty good match, uh, two pretty good starts from his IDPs. On Andy's side, she had 33.1 from Matt Stafford. She had 28.4 from DeAndre Swift, 17 from Leonard Fournette. Can I tell you something kind of interesting about Leonard Fournette? That's what it was so interesting. He is currently the running back 10 on the season. Damn. He's better than Ronald Jones right now. So, 37.6 from two girls, one cup. The wide receiver one and the breakfast buddy. Tyler Lockett continues to digress with Russell Wilson not there. She had 18.3 from DeAndre Hopkins and 23.5 from Demario Davis. So pretty good matchup there, and Andy continues to dominate her third straight win. By the way, Dislike he has now lost three in a row. Yikes. Let's move to the next matchup. It was between yours truly, CISA 5 Sucks versus Team Prince Palmer. And Prince Palmer puts the gas on and beats you 210.2 to 150.3. Do you hear that clapping noise? Those are Justin's cheeks. He lost by 60 <laughs> points. Ryan now moves to 3-4 and four and currently is the sixth seed. I did not think he would be a playoff team right now, and he is right on the edge. You also are 3-4 and four now, but you drop out. You are currently the seven. If you look at your team, head of the click had 27.4. And Jonathan Taylor, no nickname, 18 points. If you want a nickname advice, the fantasy footballers call him Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The wide receivers, Justin has best receiver in the league, best receiver in the protocol, you mean, 19.6. We had Mike Gesick with 21.5, the spelling <laughs> error that we will never forget. And Christian Kirk with 15 in the flex. Your IDPs did not do too well. And your kicker only had two points. That can't happen. On Ryan's side, again, I'm not going to read the nicknames because it's cut off, but we had Lamar Jackson with 25 points at the quarterback. He had 33 from Kamara, 16.9 from Kenyon Drake. What? Where did that come from? I guess Josh Jacobs was out, right? Yep, he was. 34.1 from Jamar Chase, 23.3 from Kyle Pitts, 20.5 from Devon Jerry Campbell, and that was it. Yeah, going against a team with four cookies, the clapping was coming. In our last week up of, or in our last matchup of the week in week seven, we had Spaceballs versus Rockies, and Spaceballs narrowly wins this matchup, one twenty-seven point five to one twenty-four point nine. So about a two and a half point victory for Spaceballs, who is currently on a two-game win streak. He is four and three in the five seed. Will is three and four and currently the nine. 
On Spaceball's side, we had SB the Book Club, 30.66. He started DJ Dallas, who had zero, and still ended up beating Will. He had Eagle 5 with 19. He had Dr. Schlockton with 10.5, and, and Unlisted Wall with 21. <laughs> On Will's side, he had, oh God, his quarterback performance was pitiful. 1.16. From Justin Fields, barbecue chicken with bacon, something. But he didn't have any other options. 25.1 from Seven Topping Rock Father. 17.6 from Meatworks. 14.7 from Chicken Tenders. And in the IDP category, Meatball Marinara Sub with 11.5. So. We have a very interesting standings going into week eight. Starting at the top, Sturt Daddy is seven and oh, the one seed. Two seed, we have Andy. She's five and two. Okay, at three through six, we have Cascade Bear with four four and three. We have Randy at four and three. We have Spaceballs at four and three, and then Ryan at three and four. Seventh place, we have Justin at three and four, eight with three and four record. Also is little slads. And then Will's three nine and nine. D Slads is three and four. The last backflip is two and five. And I am one and six. So it is still pretty even from third all the way down to tenth. It is separated by just one game. I'm gonna hand it over to Justin and talk about week eight. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh teams right in right in the hunt and staying in that hunt for quite some time now. So for week eight's matchup. Uh, thanks to the Packers' victory, which I will gladly take over fantasy victory. But uh, Kyler's did not have a great performance, neither did Christian Kirk. I'm projected to now lose by 31 to D. Sladke, to where D. Sladke is now projected to stop his three-game losing streak. I am starting Kyler, who only got me nine. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Darnell Anderson, Amari Cooper, Kirk, who didn't get me uh, nine. Kasik, um, cooking up some dough, and McCall Hardman as of right now. Uh, Adrian Amos did not give me anything last night either. For D. Sladke, he's got Pat Mahomes versus the Giants. James Conner, who had 14 points. He only had 22 yards rushing, but he had two fucking touchdowns. Um, Mike Davis. Ooh, yikes. Um, Robbie Anderson and Jarvis Landry in his wide receiver spots. Kels at tight end, Devontae Smith and Stefan Diggs in the other wide receiver uh, department. If this held, Dee Sladke's three-game losing streak would be bye-bye and would go to four and four. I would move to three and five and further out of the playoff picture. The second matchup is Team Andy Pollock versus All Elite Fantasy. At this moment, she is projected to beat you by 26 points, and she got... Not that great of a performance from both Tunyon, who's now up for the year, and Hopkins, who was in and out of the lineup all night because he was hurt. For you, you're starting the Butcher at QB. When in his day, I think it's his debut starting for your team. Then you have Thunder Rosa and Cody Rhodes at running back, CM Punk and Ray Phoenix at the receiver spots, MJF at tight end, a guy on IR whose or name is Sting. In the flex and Excalibur in the flex. I, I'm aware that Judy's probably playing this week, but it's still he's still listed in IR in the app. Yeah, he's um, current, he's also currently um 
banged up and he might be on a pitch count. So that's yikes. Gotcha. Uh, then for Andy, she has the first half of the breakfast buddies, Stafford at QB, uh, Mr. RB10, and then DeAndre Swift in the running back spots. The second half of Breakfast Buddy, number one fantasy wide receiver right now, um, along with Tyler Lockett, who's been incredibly disappointing as soon as Russell Wilson left. Um, and then Hopkins and Tunyon, who didn't get her too much. Then she has what she calls the rookie of the year and the other flex spot. If that held, she'd be six and two and you'd be one and seven. With all those picks. Uh, we move on to the third matchup of the week where Sterk is projected to destroy Lefty by a total of 36 points. Sterk is projected to get close to 200. For Lefty, uh, he has inaugural cookie winner, Kong Vault. Then he has back triple full, who is going to be elevated to the starting lineup for the next three weeks with Miles Sanders out. Um, I like Scorderell Patterson as a nickname better. I'm going to call him that. Um, at the other running back spot. Then he has Flyaway and Flyaway Twist, two young receivers. Uh, corkscrew, if he returns at tight end, uh, the Corkscrew, he of the $91 Fab fame. Um, then you have Flash Forward and Gainer, who got him 16.5 points yesterday as the Packers uh, veteran receiver, who is similar to James Conner, only had 15 yards receiving, but two touchdowns. For Sterk, he has the Bill Wrangler at QB. The X-Factor, who is very questionable right now in the running back spot. Joe Mixon, the other spot. Then he has Tyreek in Destroy and the Cabin in the Woods um, for wide receivers. No Everett's for tight end. Uh, broken Flower Pot. And I can see for miles and miles in his two flex spots. Um, and his, his IDPs are projected to do pretty well, including miles and what's in your wallet. If that held, Stark would continue his undefeated streak and move to 8-0, and Lefty would move to 2-6. and six. Moving on to the fourth matchup, we have Cascade Bear versus Little Slads. Bear is projected to currently beat Little Slads by 9. It was very helped by Giant Sombreros and Shade, who had 24 points for him yesterday. He is actually starting brand new QB that does not have a great nickname yet, Jalen Hurts along with come gets cornhole game set. Um, then his receivers are Koi Fish Pond and Hummingbird Feeder. He's got Tommy Sweeney. Boo. Oh, so sorry. You should name him Dawson Knox's handcuff uh, in the tight end spot. Then we have air conditioning unit. And I like this guy in the receiver spot or the flex spots. For little slats, he has Tom Brady. Get out the way and stop taking my TDs something. Um, and the running back spots. Gary Terry and T. Higgins at wide receiver. Jared Cook, leader of the sheep. And Cortland Sutton round out his offensive starting lineup. If that held, team Little Slads would move to 3-5, and five, like my projected score, and Cascade Bear would move to 5-3. Second last matchup of the week, we have Prince Palmer versus Rockies. We still are waiting for some team names for these teams. They, they didn't take our suggestions last week. Um, both of these teams are three and four. And this is projected to be a nine-point victory from Will. Ryan is starting Lamar Jackson on bye. Once again, I will say, Ryan is starting Lamar Jackson on bye. 
So I think this projection will change once he decides to check his lineup up. Um, at running backs, he's got Alvin Kamara and Chase Edmonds. At wide receiver, he has DJ Moore and Jamar Chase coming off of his first career cookie. Uh, and Kyle Pitts coming off of his first career cookie. Then he has Marquez Callaway and Cole Beasley undrafted and unvaccinated in the flex spot. Uh, Ryan could be starting Darnold, and that would make him um, projected to win this by 11. For Will, he is starting uh, Justin Herbert at QB. The running backs, James Robinson comes back off of bye, and Michael Carter. Uh, Chris Godwin and DK Metcalf at the receiver spots. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Tyler Higby and Adam Thielen in the flex spots. If the projections held once Ryan changes his quarterbacks, Ryan would be 4-4 four and four and Will would be 3-5. and five. Then for the final matchup, uh, 200 million all versus Spaceballs, the FFT. In this, Randy is projected to win by a score of 18, 173 to 155. First baseballs, he got 19.66 from SB the Book Club. At running backs, he's got Lone Star and King Rowland. Excuse me. At wide receivers, he has Colonel Sanders and Spaceball Trooper. Tight end is Prince Valium. Flex spots, he has Dark Helmet and SB the Flamethrower. For Randy, both of these teams are 4-3, and three, by the way. Um, he has Kirk Cousins at QB this week. Uh, then at running backs, he's got Nick Chubb coming back from injury. Delvin Cook seems healthy after the bye. A.J. Brown and Mike Evans in the wide receiver spots. Dalton Schultz coming out of the bye at tight end. He currently has an inactive Julio Jones in his flex, along with Odell Beckham Jr., who is also questionable. I would assume he's, he's going to throw in uh, Goddard in one of his flexes to make his lineup and uh, probably move his projected score up to like 184. If that held... Spaceballs would be 4-4, four and four, the picture of 500, and Randy would move to 5-3 and three and would have probably survived the gauntlet with all of his guys getting hurt. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, it's nice to be about 50% through the season. Um, I cannot believe Randy won last week with all the injuries that he had and all the just drama that was going on with his team. Uh, but he just continues to get the job done. Uh, I thought he'd be in danger, kind of in like a spot of like three and four, or two and five. But now he's getting into a lighter part of his schedule. So that's really all I got. You got any final thoughts? No, um, I guess check your lineups, guys. We, when we're running through them, there's a couple people that would be ineligible right now. But uh, also, get some team names, guys and girls. Make it interesting. Yeah, y'all suck. All right, that's all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>